Welcome to the Milk Monologues, a collection of stories where everyday Kiwi whānau share their journeys of how they fed their babies during the first year. Every mother, father and caregiver has a story to tell when it comes to infant feeding, just like that of birth. A baby needs milk to survive and as a new parent you often don't know what to expect when it comes to feeding. How you end up doing this can differ from family to family. We are a judgment-free, inclusive of all types feeding podcast. Our aim is to share the stories of infant feeding to empower and provide a platform to share insights, challenges and achievements as families navigate the journey of feeding their baby. A reminder before we begin that these are personal stories and that midwives, lactation consultants and GPs can be an invaluable part of your support network. You should always talk to a trusted medical professional and seek advice before making any changes that affect the health of you and your baby. We hope you enjoy today's episode. This week on the podcast, we have Kendall. Thank you so much for joining us. No, thank you for having me. It's very exciting. I love talking all things babies and feeding and what have you. That's awesome. You're going to be a great guest. So tell us about your little family. Um, so obviously there's me, Kendall, and what I can call now my husband, Samuel, and our little two-year-old, Edison. Yeah, just the three of us for now. Um, we are actually starting our journey for baby number two, so that's in the pipeline, hopefully soon or then later, but who knows. <laughs> Amazing. It'd be interesting to hear later on about how that kind of works in with the feeding stuff. So the question that we ask everyone at the beginning of the podcast is, what did you know about feeding babies before you had one? Um, I was pretty lucky that I had within the 10 months before I had Edison, I had three of my really good friends have babies. So they had all gone through very unique journeys themselves. And I guess because I'm an early childhood teacher, I see a lot of different things as well um yeah I knew a little bit um done antenatal and what have you learned a little bit not that much not a heck of a lot not until I really started doing it myself all right so sounds like you know a bit more than most people which is probably a good start for you how did it go in with your birth and kind of first week with Edison um so during my pregnancy I actually got diagnosed at 28 weeks with gestational diabetes so that put a flip on things with that um so got induced at 38 weeks but actually started hand expressing from 36 weeks because I was really passionate about wanting to breastfeed um so my midwife said that and I was very lucky that I got a lot of colostrum so yeah, was able to get a lot of hand expressing. And then when she was born, induction was pretty smooth sailing. And yeah, had her after a pretty pretty easy labour, not too bad. Um, but she would not latch. So my wife, who I had actually chosen because I knew that she was a lactation consultant. So I chose her because I was really wanting to feed. Um, we tried to get her to latch for the first hour. Didn't really happen. She had a lot of slight skin to skin, straight on the breast and what have you, but yeah, wouldn't latch. Went back to the ward and unfortunately my midwife went home. It had been a long day and we didn't get the best care um, where we gave birth, unfortunately. So luckily I'd done all that hand expressing beforehand and had quite a stash in the freezer at the hospital. So 
just um, syringe fed her most of the night, tried to put her on the breast, but had no idea what I was doing and wasn't getting the support when I rung the midwives either, which is such a sh shame, but yeah, we're lucky to carry on how we did. Um, so the next day we were only in the hospital for maybe 12 hours after I had Edison, just a little bit longer and went home car ride home was a bit of a nightmare because she wanted milk tried to pull over on the side of the road tried to feed her had no idea what I was doing she had no idea what she was doing so yeah screaming baby all the way back to Balclutha and the midwife that was in um, our maternity ward here um, is really passionate about her feeding she come in straight away and she's like right let's get this baby on and she was on within five minutes which was awesome Oh, that's so great that when you got there that they were able to help you with that. Did anyone show you with the syringes how to give that milk to her? No. So they um just said, literally, they were stood at the end of my bed and I said, is this latch fine? And they said no. And I knew that it wasn't. It wasn't, didn't feel right. She wasn't really suckling or anything. So yeah, they just gave me more syringes and said, oh, just hand express and yeah, I literally just put it in her mouth, gave her a little bit, and she was obviously drinking it. So it was a bit of a nightmare, but we got there in the end. Yeah, sounds like a rough beginning to that first kind of 12 hours. And so when you say you went back to back Clotha, is that a primary birthing unit? Yes, I think it is, yeah. So does that mean you can like stay for a little bit afterwards? Yeah, so we ended up staying. So I had Edison on a Monday, and we didn't get discharged from Clotha till the Sunday because um, she ended up being jaundice and it was it was actually lovely I've said to so many people if you get the opportunity stay as long as you can and I will definitely be staying as long as I can when I have another one it's just so nice having everyone running around after you and Samuel was able to stay with us like we had um, a nice double bed and it was just beautiful. Ah oh, sounds like a luxury <laughs> and so when um, midwife there was able to help you with your latch what kind of things do you remember she talked through with you that were able to help you guys get latching yeah so I have really really big boobs um have had done for a long time um so obviously when your milk comes in it's going to be a lot worse so she got me trying a few different positions so we tried the football hold which was successful for us and also was um using the C with like holding my hand, making the C shape and then holding the Becky Edison's head and getting her to latch on like that. That was really successful too. I always thought like, oh yeah, she'll like snuggle into the nook of my elbow and will be good as gold, but that definitely didn't work for us. And when I did try that, I actually got Gray's nipples. So that was a quick, no way. <laughs> yeah. And then what was it like in terms of frequency in those first early days? Um, Edison fed quite frequently so she ended up being jaundiced so she was feeding and then having to be topped up with um, expressed milk as well just through a syringe again which was quite tiring for me having to express and feed off um, but she was a great feeder from day to and we um, actually had no real problems I never got the crack nipples like all my friends said that they had they said looked out for this kind of thing, we never had that. The only problem I had was the Grey's nipple. Um, a bit of engorgement, which you get when you get your milk come in. But yeah, feeding every two hours. Sometimes, as newborns do, they feed a lot more frequently. But yeah, pretty much that two hourly from yeah from birth to <laughs> probably to a year old. Sometimes, <laughs> some days. <laughs> yep, I agree with that one. <laughs> 
And so with the jaundice, did your midwife pick that up and then what did they do to treat and was that able, like, were you able to feed around whatever kind of treatment was put in place? Yeah, um, it was it was quite emotional for me. So we'd been told that it was just slowly going up, but they were thinking, oh yeah, we'll get to go home and not get treatment. But unfortunately on the Saturday night I, or Saturday afternoon, I packed my bags thinking, yep, we'll get to go home. We're all ready to go home tested it and it came back too high and I just bawled my eyes out called mum I'm like can you come I can't go home I was ready to go home I was at that point I was ready to get into life with a newborn but um unfortunately not so she had to go on the billy blanket for the night um which was hard in itself I didn't sleep I just wanted to keep an eye on her but luckily because her levels weren't too high um we could take her off the blanket every time she needed to feed which was quite nice because um, anyone that has had to feed with that blanket on it's not the easiest thing to do so yeah yeah it's hard enough to juggle your wee newborn that you're trying to get in these good positions and then <laughs> you've got this wee machine buzzing and all these lights and everything yeah. as well mm. yeah that's right yeah so then when you did get to go home how was that like did your midwife come and check on you quite often yeah, so it was the weekend that we went home. It was my midwife's weekend off. So we got checked on this. We didn't leave till after lunch on the Sunday. So we got checked by the midwife on the ward and then went home. And my midwife was back on on the Monday. So she came and checked on us and Wade Edison. She, excuse me, hadn't put on, um, hadn't lost any weight. She'd actually put on a little bit, not a lot, maybe 100 grams. But yeah, they always say that they can lose 10% of their birth weight after birth and she did not so that was such a good sign for us yeah that's fantastic and was there any other signs that kind of helped you um, know that she was getting a good amount of milk um I could hear her like I had a really fast flow I could feel every time I had a let down um some people don't feel that I could feel that and it was very intense not the nicest feeling for me um and could hear her definitely gulping away, which was a nice sound to hear. Yeah. And then like nappies and things like that were all full. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Lots of, <laughs> lots of nappies. Yeah. It's surprising so, how many nappies you go through in those newborn days. Yeah. Is it though? <laughs> Is it now anyone who's had a newborn? <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. And so um, how did your kind of feeding journey go from there? Um, really, really well. So Edison, for, in those first six weeks, she was putting on roughly 400 grams a week. So packing on the weight, um, which was an awesome sign. And yeah, we had a really, really nice journey. Um, I was due to go back to work at seven and a half months. So when she was seven and a half months old. So from about that five week mark, we tried her on a bottle, gulped the first bottle down and since then did not take a bottle really nicely so we tried um we're trying every second day to begin with and it was um quite heartbreaking seeing my milk just having like giving her some and it just going to waste so I got a bit lazy on it um which I regret now um but at that five month mark I knew I had, a bit, had about six weeks left until I was going to work and really wanted her to take a bottle so I had that peace of mind um and I was always wanting to do it with the ex express milk no um nothing against formula that was just my personal preference if I could do it I would um 
I would have given her formula if I knew, if she would take a bottle, but she wouldn't. We got to um, maybe two weeks out from starting day here. Um, so she was doing three, going to be doing three full days. And she started taking a bottle. Thank goodness. Um, not a lot, just about 60 mils at a time, but enough to get her through until three o'clock when I'd pick her up. Um, so that was good. Took a bottle at daycare for oh, maybe a month or so. And something happened one day and they rung me and they're like, um, you need to come. She will not, not take a bottle anymore. We've tried everyone, everything, won't take it. So went and fed her. And from that day on, she bottle refused. Don't know what happened. Tried lots of different bottles to try to get her back onto it. Um, but then it was causing me a lot of stress trying to pump at work. So I was pumping in my lunch break. So I wasn't getting a lunch break. I was pumping that whole half an hour trying to get enough milk to feed her while she was at daycare. And it was just causing me too much stress, causing her too much stress and at home just too much stress. Like we were all on edge, like trying to, get this baby fed um I had the milk there and she fed beautifully from me just did not like the bottle which some babies don't as we all know all babies are different um so I ended up just going on my lunch break and feeding her so she was pretty good she would feed at drop off and then um I'll go on my lunch break and feed and then feed again when I picked her up and that seemed to work for her especially because she was on solids at that point so it wasn't that big of a deal yeah how many times a day were you kind of feeding her or were you feeding through the night as well yeah so um Edison I just fed on demand the whole our whole journey never really tried to go to a schedule or anything um and that worked for us fine it was a wee bit tiring near the end but yeah she was still feeding uh we did go through a patch where she'd sleep through the night, but it didn't last very long. So we were feeding every two to three hours during the night for a long time too. Um, I guess she was catching up on what she was missing out during the day, but not that she was really missing out. She would feed quite frequently once we got home. Um, she wouldn't feed for long. Like our feeds would never, like we'd never sit down and have a half an hour feed. It would be like a five, 10 minute feed. And then that would be it. Um, and she was obviously satisfied, but. And how did you find demand feeding? Um, it was tough going. So I felt like I was confined to staying at home quite a bit. Like I missed out on going out for dinners with friends. Or if we did go out for dinner, it would just have to be in, in Clotha locally. It wouldn't be like to Dunedin. Because I couldn't feel like I was could be far away from her. Because I knew that she wouldn't take a bottle. And that at that point, unfortunately, she wouldn't settle for Samuel either. Like if she woke, she needed the boob. And that's just how it was um but that's okay uh, yeah it was it was tough going um but I wouldn't change it either I loved her like knowing that she like knowing that she needed me all the time was really nice and I actually got to work with her so Edison doesn't come to didn't come to work with me while we were feeding until term four so she was about um maybe 14 months old we spent a term working together and at that point she thought it was great because she thought she'd have it all the time it was open all the time but we ended up um changing that and just going back to the only having it before session started lunchtime and afterwards and that we would go into the office so that she knew that while I was out on the floor with her that 
she wasn't allowed to have unless you really really needed it but um she was fine she was eating heaps of food so she was just being a little madam trying to <laughs> get what she wanted and yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> so that's a cool experience to share as well though because I know a lot of early childhood teachers and things do um listen to our podcast and so I'm sure it'll be good for them to hear that if they were going down that journey too that you know in some ways you can make it work <laughs> yeah yeah I definitely think like if you are going down that journey to have like that space like allocate so we decided it was the office there was another room that we could have used but knowing that that was the space where you were going to feed for the day well for the whole time that you're there so they know that that's what's happening yeah yeah and how did you kind of feel about it so you've kind of started to talk about it in terms of demand feeding and how you know at times it was a bit bit restrictive but you still wouldn't change it for the world like how were your emotions around breastfeeding um pretty positive for most of it um yeah we um were very lucky to have as I've said to have such a lovely feeding journey and it wasn't till the near the end that it got quite rough um but yeah I loved it there's some some nights I probably said that I told her that I was going to cut her off because I was so exhausted and yeah most mums can probably relate like that sleep deprivation especially when you're back at work or back studying or like having to get up to other children um is hard it's really hard and especially because like with being a teacher and I was trying to be my all for my daughter but also the all my all for all the children at work and just trying to find that balance was really hard but um yeah such a beautiful thing to provide for her and she loved it and we've got an amazing relationship together as well um I know that all mums have amazing relationships with their babies but um, it was something I was really passionate about, uh, passionate about wanting to do and so glad that um, I did get to experience that. Yeah, totally. And how was your partner, Samuel, and your family and things helpful and su- or supportive and for your journey? Yeah, so Samuel was really, really supportive. Um, maybe a little bit too supportive, like going, oh, you can um sort her out because she she wants to vote so that was his resort to everything all the time which was all right um but now it's his turn to get up in the night if she wakes because she doesn't get the boob anymore so um yeah and my family were really good too mum talked through like she breastfed all of us there's four of us um I self-weaned at nine months um and she said about that and there were a few times that near the end because I didn't, I fed till 18 months and they said, oh, is it about time that you gave up? Um, yeah, my in-laws were a wee bit different. They were very standoffish with Edison for the first few months. And then um, um, Samuel's mum had said about how she stopped feeding at nine months and like it was kind of locked down upon when I was doing that extended breastfeeding, even though it didn't go for like years on end or anything. Um, it's still yeah I still kind of felt a wee bit judged about it but it is what it is I'm lucky that Edison is quite little still at two years old she still looks very little and people don't believe me when I say that she's two um so when I was feeding out in public and what have you um yeah never got yeah looked upon or anything like I know some people do experience as well 
And I, to be honest, I actually loved feeding in public from day dot. I remember my first day going to Dunedin and Edison needing feed and mum's like, oh, we'll go down here. And I'm like, nah, I'm fine. Just like feeding here. Like didn't care. I was actually really proud of it. I was proud to feed and show people that that's how I fed my baby. And yeah. Yeah. That's so lovely to hear you um, share that you were proud of it. And also going back, I know that, you know, the public perceptions are changing a lot and that's fantastic, but sometimes it is hard when family make comments and, you know, the other people who are closest to you and you and you really want them to be supportive. <laughs> yeah, and especially, like, thinking about it, my sister is a dental therapist and she's like, um, once Edison turned one, she's like, you need to stop feeding her, it's not good for her teeth, blah, 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 blah. and now she looks at her teeth and she's like, oh, her teeth are amazing, and I'm like, yeah. <laughs> Don't try to touch me for um trying for feeding her. Like she has no idea. I'm like, you wait till you have a baby and try cut them <laughs> off at one. Like when they're not ready. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, as a breastfeeding peer supporter now that you are, um, do you remember learning about the teeth and breastfeeding and dental hygiene and stuff like that? Yeah. Um. Yeah, they did say it was kind of touched upon especially because during that time Edison had just turned one when I was doing my training. So we had a big discussion about how um, it's perceived that the milk is quite sugary on their teeth and how it can cause decay. But there's actually not that research that stands up behind it either that we learned. And so it was good to go back to her and say, and then like looking at her now, like look at say, talking to Caitlin about it now, I'm like, well, like her teeth are fine. You see a lot worse. And so um, what happened towards the end of your journey with Edison? Um, so we got to 18 months feeding and I'm like, oh yeah, like wasn't ready to finish. Um, but I went down thick and fast with mastitis. Um, didn't know at the time, but woke up in the morning, didn't think much of it. I had a bit of a sore nipple and went to work and got shakes, started crying, couldn't move kind of thing. So went home and rang the doctors and, said how I was feeling got taken in and my temperature was through the roof um very close to 40 degrees um and they took my blood and tested it straight away and my white cell blood count was horrendously high too so it was admitted straight away and put on IV antibiotics for mastitis um had a massive red patch on my boob um all the classic symptoms um, and that was actually the first night I spent away from Edison. So the hospital were really good. They put me on the IV and they said, bring her in whenever. Um, a friend lent a pump. I had a pump, but she said her pump was better. So I tried that and pump it. Oh, at that stage, I was over it. Like I didn't, I hadn't pumped for months. Um, so gave it a pump and didn't really do anything. So just got Edison in to feed. And the hospital gave me my own room and actually brought in a cot that they had that had never been used before if I wanted Edison to stay overnight but thankfully Samuel had down the fort um I think he had a bit of a rough night with her in his bed but um yeah we got through the night and I was discharged after 24 hours on IV antibiotics um and we thought all was well I was temp had gone down my blood was like work was good um still a wee bit tender but everything was going well so on my way home I went and two weeks later same symptoms happened again so I woke up felt a bit achy all over but I've got 
injury and I just thought it could have been that. Got to work, went downhill again, really, really hot, um, um, crying. Like I don't really break down in front of the kids at work, but just could not help myself. So rung mum at that time and I'm like, um, can you come pick me up? Because I really shouldn't have driven the last time I worked 20 minutes away from home. Um, so rung mum, rung Jay here and asked if they could keep Edison in for longer um, and rung the hospital and said, look, I've got mastitis again. So they got me in straight away. Um, that time, same thing, high temps, high white blood cell count and was on IV antibiotics again, but this time they put me on a really strong dose. So they gave me one lot and it was to last for 12 hours. And then I went in the afternoon for another lot. And then the next day they checked me again, gave me some oral antibiotics and sent me home because everything was looking good. So the first time I was on antibiotics, IV every six hours. And yeah, this time it was a higher dose. Um, went home. Um, and at that point I was like, right, this obviously is the universe telling me that um, our journey needs to end, that something's happening, even though Edison was feeding, fine, nothing had changed, I can't pinpoint why I got mastitis twice, but um, yeah, we were like, right, we need to stop, so got home, got Edison back home that night, and we had our final feed, and it was very emotional, um, still brings up a lot of emotions now, but it was beautiful as well. We, like I talked through it with her. She, um, we've got some lovely photos together. Like that's what I really wanted. I wanted to document that. So um, she was looking up with me and yeah, so she was still feeding quite frequently through the night at that stage. So Samuel um, was amazing. He's so amazing. He got up with her in the night, her first wake, sent me to the spare bed and just handled her all night. And it only took a couple of nights for her to get the gist of what was happening. Um, I ended up spending, I think it was night three, I just stayed in our bed all night and she ended up coming in for a cuddle. And it was lovely to be back, just having a bit more normality because we would end up just having her in our bed with us anyway when she woke in the night. Um, yeah, and during the day, she asked for it maybe for two days, not a lot, um, and she handled it really well, um, would come up and ask. There's a few times that, obviously, she would get upset, like her world had just been turned upside down. She was getting the boob all the time whenever she wanted to all of a sudden no. and I look back and I did do it quite abruptly, but I needed to for my health too. Like, I'm like, I can't go through another bout of mastitis. Um, so, yeah, awful time for us, but um, it happened and it, it, we're like, we're fine now. Unfortunately, though, so two weeks after that, I went downhill again. Um, I was actually at the swimming pool with Edison, got out and noticed a massive red patch on the same boob. So it was the same boob all three times. Um, rang the doctors and see what was going on. Didn't feel sick or anything like I had the last time. Um, but got in and they said that I had a high temp. So at that stage, they're like, we're obviously not treating it for long enough. So that's, I had it three times within six weeks. So that's quite intense, um, quite a lot of antibiotics to, to go through my system as well. So on the IV again, and I was given the option to stay in at hospital or to go in every six hours. And I was like, no, I cannot 
go in um stay at stay in for three days um so for three days i was going in at 12 o'clock and six o'clock 24 hourly so <laughs> six o'clock in the morning and tw like 12 o'clock at night like in in between like the six o'clock lunchtime and uh, six o'clock tea time and the 12 o'clock lunchtime like yeah every six hours i was in there for three days and by day three i was over it but the staff were amazing they got it in and out pretty quickly especially at that 12 o'clock one overnight um yeah, yeah. it's so good that they gave you that option that kind of worked in for you and your family like especially when you'd been through so much yeah and it was lucky like for the first two nights i had the same staff on overnight and by night two they're like we can see you're exhausted you can come in and stay for night three um if i wanted to but it was just easier just to i was in that routine to get up and go and had the time off work so i could catch up on sleep during the day while edison was sleeping too yeah and, and rest is such a big thing with mastitis they definitely oh it definitely is like it was lovely that first time that i had it and having that time in hospital even though i missed edison um it was nice just to have that time to myself because i probably hadn't had that time to myself for a long time yeah <laughs> a long time and saying that i have got another breast infection so six months oh, after no. i know after finishing <laughs> feeding i um what was it the, a Friday, I noticed when I was picking kids up at work, that every time they knocked my left boob, it was a wee bit sore. I'm like, hmm, this is a bit weird. Didn't think much of it. And then when I took my bra off on Friday night, I had a massive red patch. Um, and you don't think you'll get mastitis when you're six months post-feeding. Um, so left it overnight. And I thought, oh, yeah, it might clear itself. But I'm on antibiotics again for it, just orally this time. Um, but they think it could be cellulitis this time. But same, same spot, same redness. Yeah. And do they say about doing any other tests or like an ultrasound or anything now that it's? No, right, so I had an ultrasound with the first three lots, mm. um, mm. and it never showed anything. But I have got psoriasis under my left breast, so they think mm. it could be all connected with that too. All right, so the last question we normally ask on the podcast is what kind of words of wisdom you'd have for people who might be going through a journey like yours, especially with the, you know, the kind of abrupt weaning after, you know, persevering through that extended feeding? Um, just trust yourself and what um, you think to do as a mother. Um, like so many people had said to me, um, she shouldn't be feeding as much as she's feeding. But if, it's, if it works for you, just do it. Like, trust yourself and believe in what you're doing because there's no right or wrong way to do anything, um, especially with the abrupt weaning as well. Like, I look at it and go, yeah, that was hard on all of us. But it actually worked for us. Like, so many people that wouldn't work for, but it worked for us. And it ended up being not as hard as I thought it was going to be. I was really grateful that my fellow peer supporters were behind me we had a group chat going and they were all rooting for me and my corner and sticking up for me and everything which was awesome so just finding your support group too as well yeah yeah I think we all need a wee um champion <laughs> group in the background getting through that first kind of year as parents <laughs> yeah for sure
Cool. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story with me. It was such a pleasure to hear you talk about how proud you are of your breastfeeding journey and, you know, all of the challenges that you kind of overcome to be able to feed Edison as long as you did. Congratulations. Thank you. That's been great.